This is this is the big life. Big, big, big life. The show for people who want to live life large. I'm Ray Waters. Dina Rivera has an expansive and rich history of achievements in the entertainment industry. She's been one of the top professional backup singers in America, touring with headliners like The Rascals and Jimmy Buffett. And more than once, while with Buffett, she sang on The Tonight Show, hosted by Johnny Carson. She's appeared in film and on television in movies like 42, The Jackie Robinson Story, The Last Ride, Scary Movie 5, and many more. She's performed in musical theater and productions like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and The Little Shop of Horrors. She also has written screenplays, including the feature film Breaking News, which has been sold to TV One Network and will be entering production in the fall of 2016. Dina directed the film Vigilante in 2015. The film went on to win an Audience Choice Award at the International Black Film Festival in Nashville. As a director, Dina has a passion for images that tell a story and is hands-on, taking an active role in writing, participating in edits, and most major aspects of her films. She's an incredibly talented artist, and she also is a good friend. Dina, I am glad to have you on The Big Life. I'm so glad to be here. I listened to you saying all that stuff. I was like, who's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so much more. I had to cut. I had to cut so much. I want to get right into the interview, and I want to start with kind of what you're doing now. How did you get into writing screenplays and directing films? Well, I, um, I've i always been a creative person. I've always thrived in a creative environment, so... Um, I, after I had performed and I felt like I was just tired, not, well, not tired of it, but that I had done it and that I, uh, had gone on the road, uh, as a flight attendant. When I came back, I wanted to re, uh, emerge myself into the, uh, creative field. So I tried to do acting again and that didn't work out for me. I tried to do musical theater again. That didn't work out for me. Um, so I just went back to something that I had started decades before I, I had started the novel, The Final Deception, back in 92. And <laughs> I just thought, okay, let me try this and see if this is where God wants me to be. So you love the writing process? That's something that you really love a oh, lot? Oh, yeah, I always have. Like I said, I, you know, all the avenues of, of creativity, I pretty much got my little finger or foot in the door in that. And so... Now, is writing screenplays, is that a lot different from, um, like, when you wrote a novel? Is it, is it a whole different animal yeah, to learn? it's absolutely different. And, and when I came back um, and, and was in this exploratory mode, um, I started doing films and decided that I didn't want to be in front of the camera, that, you know, maybe it was time for me to be behind the camera. So I, that's when I started looking into filmmaking. And as a, as a part of that process, um, in writing Vigilante and a couple of the other shorts, I discovered screenwriting. Um, and yes, it's greatly different. Uh, than, I bet. I, yeah. I want to learn. I really want to <laughs> learn about that. It's very, very interesting yeah. to me. Now, tell me, you work with the movie, your work with the movie Breaking News. Mm-hmm. T- tell me the story, because I think many of our listeners will remember the story, then how you were able to it, kind of what that process has been like. Okay, so actually um, I was on a writing team. Um, I hired a, a gentleman who had screenwriting experience um, to write with me. So we got together, well, online. I've never met him in real in wow, person. Wow. But um, we, we just plowed in. The story is uh, 
the true life story of uh, Miss Antoinette Tuff and Kendra McRae and Michael Hill. The three of those are pivotal. Uh, Antoinette being the bookkeeper at the school, Michael being the shooter, and Kendra being the 911 operator. So this is a true story. That oh, absolutely. Happened, and it happened in Georgia? It happened in Decatur. And so what, and refresh my memory, what yeah. was the story? Um, he went into the school uh, with the purpose of killing those children. He had enough ammunition to kill every living soul in that building, and, and it was 800 people including teachers and counselors mm. and mm. and such. Mm. So he had enough ammunition to kill all of them. Um, we later found out that he just had a suicide wish, but he wanted to go out with a with a bang, um, as is mo a lot of the cases with these school shootings right. and mass shootings. Right. These people want the fame. They know they want to die, but they want the fame too. So, it, you know, to me it was important to tell the story, but also to address the mental illness that's behind it as opposed to just laying it out as that story. So you're not going to make this just one-dimensional, he's an evil person. There's, no. there's a whole depth there to his character as well. And then the receptions, she kind of talks him. The bookkeeper. Bookkeeper. Yeah. And, and you've met her? Yeah, you, yes. Wow. I met her, um, and I'm, I'm really kind of close with the 911 operator. The 911 operator accompanied us to... Uh, Nashville for the film festival and was actually a part of the pitch. We pitched the film at that film festival and she was part of that pitch. Um, and so I, you know, I can only give God the glory for this because it's happening all so fast and it's happening in a way that's not natural. Yeah, you yeah. know, it usually takes people years to get into the screenwriting and then years to get somebody to even think about looking at your stuff. So for me to have bypassed all of that and gotten where I am is nothing but God. <laughs> well, you're very talented too. You had your <laughs> finger right on the pulse, I think, of what we're all interested in. This story has a lot of uh, um, interest, I'm sure, to everybody across our country. Well, I think, um, you know, they've done Bowling for Columbine, um, and, and that's a, a little bit different. We, we approached it from trying to understand the underlying reasons why this happens, not just sensationalize mm -hmm. that it happened. So um, we had uh, one of our uh, one of our people who were associated with the project go over to the to the prison where he is and and interview him and talk to him. My goodness! Yeah. So now it's now been sold, and so then are you out of the pro process now or not really? Well, not really, because um, the the network has it, and they're going to do some, of course, TV is always going to do some changes to the script. And a part of my contract was that I would be uh, uh, involved in the rewrites that would occur. Cool. So that's a good thing. And also, a part of my contract was that I would be the one of the executive producers. That's, that's amazing. That is so I know, wonderful. I'm so excited. That is so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Jane and I, my wife and I, felt so honored when we had the privilege of going to the premiere of Vigilante. We had never been to a movie premiere. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt like celebrities walking you were on the road. celebrities. We what felt, you we, yeah, we, <laughs> we sure felt like it. And uh, getting our picture made with you that day was really special. Um, tell me how that came about. Well, first, tell me about the short film kind of format. Maybe our listeners aren't so familiar with short film and what that's about. Well, a short film is, is a concise thought. It's only shortened down. It's, it's usually under 15 minutes and it just gives the, the audience an idea of what a, a long film might be. Um, 
I so it's created to pitch for a longer film usually. No, I, I would say that it's it's generally a, a really complete thought. Right, you know, right. it's in uh, end to end. It's a complete right. thought. Um, but people do use it to pitch. Okay. Um, I was mentored. I have been been mentored by Larry Robertson, and I believe you met him at the, the premiere. So. Uh, he's a director of photography and, and just a really great guy and my friend. Um, but he, it was his suggestion, write a short film so that we can film something so that you can get your foot in the door for, for this other stuff that you're doing. Because he knew that I had some other feature film stuff and TV stuff that I was doing. So It, it just, it was so professional. It was so good. I can't believe it was your first film i guess is the director thank you but uh it was really really great um you wrote that too that's the screenplay was yours as yeah. well yeah and you're pleased with the success of it i am i you know being at first you, you know you, you kind of never i'm sort of a perfectionist um and so i saw so many flaws in it and stuff i would change if i could so to say that i'm perfectly happy with it no i wasn't but you probably would never be Anyway, uh, right? Maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. But I was happy with where it got us, and I think it was just a stepping stone. And so for that, I'm really happy about. But the 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 mm, there were some things in it that I would change. I don't know if the uh, classroom is very large that you belong to, of someone who gets into film directing. A little bit later in life, and yet is <laughs> knocking it out of the park. I mean, you're doing it. You're creating it. It's really wonderful. You know, again, I I hope not to sound preachy, but I I can't help but say. No, I know. You know, it's just the blessings that God has um, allowed me to have because I'm a I'm a young woman from or uh, <laughs> less than young, but <laughs> I'm a person from the projects of Chicago. So that was a really tough beginning. And I used to sit in front of the TV and say, one day I'm going to be on The Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson Show is what I used right. to call it. And how I was going to get there, I had no idea, but I honestly believed that. And so for the journey that God put me on in order to get me there, I got there. And it's only by his grace that I got there. Yes, yes that's, that's a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah, that's... you know. And so then I, I would just attribute it to my, my goals have always been lofty and high, and God has always said, okay. Now, was that just in you? Did you get that from your parents? Where, where does that come from? I would say a good, a good deal from my parents. My father was a police officer in Chicago and overcame a great deal of discrimination because he was a darker-skinned African-American man. Um, but he was proud and he was in highly intelligent and he was creative and he was talented. And so a lot of that comes from him. And then my mom was very tenacious in her nature. She worked the same job for 40 years at Nabisco and went every day so we didn't have to struggle. And so I think the combination of that's, those... That's strong. Yeah, that's those very <laughs> strong. Now, did you start out thinking it was... Did you know early on it was going to be singing as kind of the entree for you? Oh, yeah. So church, was it church singing, school no. singing? It was what? It was on the L singing. On the L, okay. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I lived on 9500 South, and I commuted in Chicago to 5900 North every day. And that's a really long distance. Right. Um, and so me and my girlfriends would 
we had a group, we formed a group, and wow. we would sing every day on the right. L. And so I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a singer. So yeah. That's wonderful. And the harmonies, that just came naturally yeah. to you. Yeah. That's amazing. My sister forced me to sing harmonies when yeah. I was very little. So What a, what a gift. <laughs> what a gift. So do you start out? You don't start out thinking, I'm going to be a background singer. You think you're going to maybe have a girl group and uh, like the Supremes or... Yeah, when I was really small, I used to say, I'm going to be Diana Ross when I grow up. Right. Not be like her. I was going to be her. Yeah, right. I was going to just transform. I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my, my, my thought and my, my um, um, what do you call it, the, the inspiration. My right. inspiration was those girl groups right. that had come up. So my mind was always girl group. And it was never, I never had the thought, I'm going to be a solo star. And that just never entered me. I don't, right. I don't know that I have that in me. Now, when was the first, what was the first like, big professional break as a background singer? Um, I had been singing, you know, I, I started really singing in groups when I was 15. And so I, I went on to college and then left college and went down to New Orleans. And that's when I started singing for money. <laughs> I started right. getting paid for right. it. Um, I played on Bourbon Street for many, many years and always girl groups. Right. And then um, I moved my family to Nashville. And Nashville is a hub for uh, tours. Right. People come there to put their tours together. And um, because of the stuff I was doing, still singing in groups in Nashville, I had sort of a reputation for that. And I had a, a good friend of mine, Charles Howe, who um, recommended me for the Rascals tour. And that was my first... Big first nationwide yeah. tour. And it was, a, I would say, a mid-level tour. We called it the freaking frack budget tour. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hard to travel like that? No. no. It wasn't for me. Right. Because it sent me to travel. Right. So, no, it wasn't... Um, it was fun. It was, you know, first introduction. Buses weren't that great. The, you know, you had to share a room with the other backup singer. Right. Uh, it, it wasn't the best kind of situation, but it was my first situation. So I just enjoyed it and relished it. Oh, it, it, I love your attitude. And yeah. then, then from there, is that when you moved to Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> no, no, kind of around the way. Um, from there, I moved to a group called PM, and they were out of. Um, I got an audition. I guess they heard about me from the Rascals. Um, Cheryl uh, Crow was leaving to go to sing backup for Michael Jackson. They needed a replacement. They had just got a, a contract on Warner Brothers. Right. And they heard about me and asked me to audition, and I auditioned and got the part. So I replaced Cheryl Crow that's in that wonderful. group. Yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was great. And right. then PM, that never really made a noise for themselves, um, did a lot of writing. And they wrote some of the songs on Buffett's, uh, what was it, Off to See the Lizard? Yeah, Off to See the Lizard uh, CD album. Right. And he just hired the, the band in mass, including right. me. Right. So I got it round about, and I didn't even know who he was when I got the call. Isn't that something? Because you probably have been listening to Buffett music. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't my type of music. Yeah. So he called me. It was like, yeah, we'd like to offer you a, a, a job. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then uh, I got off the phone and I told one of my girlfriends, girl, I just got a, I just got a tour with Jimmy Buffett. And they fell on the floor. <laughs> they were like, oh, my God, this is the biggest thing. And I'm like, I don't know. And it didn't really 
sink in until I got to my first concert and there were 50,000 people. And nobody tours like he does, do they? Bouncing volleyballs. Yeah, yeah. And I was on a stage that I only dreamed about. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. And how many years were you with Jimmy? Three. Three years, mm -hmm. including the Tonight Show that you had dreamed right. as a girl that you were going to do. That's right. That is so, so amazing. We see how the blocks, the building blocks oh, yeah. that God had to do in order to get me where I had to go. And that's something. And yeah. it started with a vision. You had yeah. a you had a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking just in preparing for the interview. I went online and I looked at a concert uh, song that you had choreographed when you were with Buffett. What was that song? <laughs> I'm trying to remember the song. Uh, Jamaica Farewell. Jamaica Farewell, <laughs> and it was wonderful. And yeah. you were singing and dancing and. Uh, for all of our listeners, you need to go look that up, oh my God. and uh, you'll see Miss Tina Rivera. On there, you'll see the biggest hair you've ever seen. <laughs> so, you were yeah. <laughs> beautiful then, and you are beautiful now. Um, that is amazing. Hey, I know you've worked with a lot of celebrities, and uh, just who some some of that come to mind that you say these are really these are good people. This this was this was somebody that's a good good soul. Um, Jimmy Buffett, uh, I have to say, he's such a nice man, such a good business person. Um, by the time I got with him, he was settled down a good deal and, you know, had his family and everything. So he was really, really kind to me. He, he didn't have to be. He was my boss, but he was just such a nice person. So I would have to say him. Um, you know, I met, I've, I've met a lot of celebrities, but I've never really kind of got to know them. And right. I was never real big. Oh, can I have yeah, your autograph? and freaking out. No, yeah. my God. Oh, but I will tell you this brief story about just a little anecdote. We were on the stage at the Hollywood Bowl in Hollywood, and it's a beautiful venue and just a magnificent place. And, and I was just standing on stage, and we were doing soundtrack check. And Catherine, the other uh, dancer-singer, was uh, on my left. And behind me, she was, she was looking. She was like, her eyes got big. And I was like, girl, I'm not falling for it. And she said, no, for real, stop. Stop moving. It's Harrison Ford. And I'm like... For real, right. So then I'm like moving and twerking and shaking and just, you know, I yeah. just went all out because I didn't believe her. Yeah. She's like, no, stop, it's Harrison Ford. And I'm like, okay, right. And I turned around and lo and behold, he, <laughs> he was standing right behind me. That's so awesome. Yeah, so, That's awesome. yeah. That's Egg on my face. <laughs> um, tell me about your family. I know you have two children you're very proud of. I am so proud of my kids. I have, uh, my son is Lee Porter. He's uh, up there in age. <laughs> he is, uh, he works in construction right. and he, both of my kids are here right. in Atlanta. Uh, he has given me a beautiful granddaughter and now a grandson is on the way. Um, and he's my rock. He's sort of tough, you know, he's sort of tough. We call him Uncle Richie Jr. because he's really, really kind of you know, he'll fight anybody for his family. Right, so. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I have my daughter, Mia, who is a, uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, but she also has a business. She has a dance uh, team right. that is here in Hapeville, or in Hapeville. And uh, I'm real proud of her because it's grown. That's amazing. Yeah, exponentially, like within a, a very short period of time. She's probably got 30 girls now. And we've moved from the one room over up on North Central over to across from where you are at the It Will Be Okay Hall. That's awesome. It is awesome. So I'm very proud of her and, and my grandchildren. My Two of my granddaughters dance on her team, and both of them are taller than me. Ooh. That's amazing. I know. That is amazing. Sob, sob. Now, your mom, is she... 
Yeah. She's still doing well. Oh, yeah. She's great. That's great. Because I see pictures of you on cruises. And <laughs> it's like, she looks like you two just are still tackling the world. She is, you know, she's my, my cornerstone. She's so sweet. But she and I are a lot alike. We have really strong opinions and really strong personalities. And so we like to take over. And so in, in the space of just me and her, it's like bumping, yeah. bumping heads. Yeah. Um, but she is, uh, she's 82 now and she's doing very well. She eats really good. Does she? <laughs> yes. Does she? <laughs> yes. That is awesome. So, yeah. That is awesome. Other dreams that you have? I mean, is it just continue to develop the movie aspects of what you're doing? Anything else out there that you're thinking about? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I believe in my heart that God gave me this, the assignment to do final, the final deception. And I finally have, uh, I told you I started that novel in 1992, but I'm now... Uh, bringing it into a screenplay, and I'm almost finished. Yay! Now, can you tell me the story? Is it? Yes, I can. It is um, eschatological in nature. It is end times. Right. It starts on the day of the rapture, and it follows a young African American girl who was in a different religion and didn't make the rapture, and so she's now left behind. The uh, core of the story is um, her guardian angel, Freeland. Uh, wouldn't leave her um, on the rapture. All of the other angels, good angels, left on the because we, as we all know, the earth is going to be turned over to the fallen and to Satan. And so uh, he he won't leave her because he just wants to be there to protect her. So rather than stay in the supernatural form and be discovered by the fallen, and, and you know, he decides to take on the form of a human, which wow. they can do now. I think that's an interesting hook. It's very interesting. Yeah. I like that. So the fight is to, to keep her safe, and there is a fallen angel, Rohitner, who is after somebody who's pure, which she is. So that's the struggle there i can't wait to see it i have a, i have a strong feeling that we will be seeing that film very soon i believe so i believe that it's you know god inspired so i'm just going to do the work that he asked me to do and turn That's it over perfect. to him that is perfect <laughs> dina you have been wonderful you know i always think about you as one of the big life people that i know of course big life is the name of, of my brand and so i want to ask you just a few quick lightning round questions sure. and the first one is when you hear big life what does that mean to you um, people who are pushing to do um, the things that they are called to do and the things that they are inspired to do. Um, big life is living the life that God intended for you. That's a beautiful way to say it. Do you have a favorite quote? And if you do, why do you like that one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I can. Yeah. And because he said I could, I know I can. That's great. That fits <laughs> you perfectly, perfectly. Do you have a favorite historical figure? Jesus. Jesus. Of I, course. Yeah, you're, 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 I'm figuring <laughs> I'm this out. Sorry. No, no, no. Oh. I know, and I know why he means the world to you. I don't want to be preachy, but, you know, my life revolves around my belief and my faith. And everything I've ever done has revolved around Always that. been a spiritual person? Always been spiritual. I was not always saved. I got saved in 1992. Okay. Yeah, so. Wow, okay. Um, last question. What are you most grateful for at this moment right now? Health and healing. That's I nice. believe I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I have some struggles. But um, all you listeners out there who are prayer warriors, say a little prayer for me, and I'm trusting and believing God for complete and total health and healing. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. You're a most beautiful, gracious, kind lady. 
and I appreciate so much you talking. It's been us. my pleasure, Ray. You are a, a very, very wonderful and treasured and valued friend. Thank you. Divi by Elegant Themes is one of the best and most flexible themes you can use to power your WordPress website. Most WordPress themes give you a specific look for your website, but Divi gives you a powerful framework to build a website that looks exactly like you want it to look. It's not cookie cutter. You make it look like you want it to look. Check it out using my link, which is divi, D-I-V-I dot raywaters.com. Again, that's Divi, D-I-V-I dot RayWaters.com. And oh, by the way, that link helps us produce more episodes of The Big Life. Hey, if you're getting something good from listening to The Big Life, take a second and rate this show in iTunes. I would appreciate that very, very much. I hope you'll join us again next week. The executive producer of The Big Life is Neil Campbell, and I'm Ray Waters.